what it is, what it do, what's what me, do? what's you. What it do. I'm the one that they call Robert Edward Patterson II, also known as Bobby Pats, also known as Mr. P from the 313. And I'm Adrian Black, and this is the, the Pass, Pass the, the Bag, bag podcast. podcast, baby. That's right, because it's not enough just for you to get the bag. You got to know how to keep the bag. And if you want to keep the bag secure, you need to share, share the, the bag. bag. That's right. Now, kindly pass the bag. Don't mind if I do. By the way, we're on social media now. We want you to contribute to us. That's right. Help us keep this show growing. That's right. So if you want to contribute, join our clubs on Patreon at... We are Miva. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at... We are Miva. You can find us on Twitter at... We are Miva. You can find us on Facebook and... Instagram at We are Miva. Right. Exactly. So shout to our sponsor, Colin Fields. That's right. Colin Fields. They have Fields. a show August 23rd at Whole Live House in Shenzhen. Go see it. Check them out on iTunes yeah. or check them out on Bandcamp, anywhere music is sold. Let's go. Let's jump into the show. Back to the future. There is the end of AIDS is coming. <laughs> the new medication is going to stop the transmission of the virus. HIV suppressing medication can make the AIDS virus untransmittable, even among couples who have sex without using condoms. New research showed us. The Europe-wide study monitored nearly a thousand gay male couples over a period of eight years where one partner was HIV positive and receiving antiviral treatment while the other was HIV negative. So my my question is, AIDS has just been around for so long. It's been an epidemic, you know, since the 80s right. or late 70s. Right. What would the world look like without AIDS? Look like Magic Johnson. Okay. That's what the world would look like without AIDS. Shots fired. <laughs> in the most, in the most, uh, what is it, the most offensive way possible? In the most like offensive Magic way possible. Especially like Magic Johnson, man. How you just gonna quit? How you just gonna give up on your job in the middle? Of, that that's that's some whack stuff right there. You know, um, you just gonna just like quit? Let's say, let's say, let's say that Magic, let's say that Magic kept it as one hundred as he possibly could have kept it right. when he told everybody what he told everybody. Right. If Magic Johnson doing what's right for Magic Johnson means him quitting something that he's not ready for, that he's not prepared for, I'm going to do my best to have compassion for him okay. during that situation. Respect. Respect. Not to say that I'm letting him off of the hook. Don't do that. Right. I don't want to necessarily let him off of the hook because I want to hear what you're saying and I want to hear what he's saying. Like, I mean, you just can't. You, all right. You take a job, right? Right. You take a job. Right. You, you recruit the, the best player in the world uh-huh. to join your team, right? right. You right. show up at his house. Like, we gonna build a championship, right? Ding dong. One year in. One year in. Just one year mm. in. You quit. I saw a soundbite that they ran. It was ESPN or somebody like that. And they, they ran the soundbite when Magic Johnson was coming in. And Magic Johnson said, if after the first year he doesn't get the job done right, then he he'll was go ahead quit. and step down. He did say that. He did put the put the disclaimer out there. He let, her, he he let everybody know what his style was from the jump. He let us know, look, we got high. We got high hopes. It's high waters. We know that it's L.A. If, if we don't get off on the, on, the, on the right foot, on the good foot, I'm going to go off on the other foot. So when you think of AIDS and HIV, let's let's bring it back. When you think of AIDS and HIV, right. what feelings or ideas does it evoke? When I think of HIV, uh, the feelings and the ideas that it evokes, um, man, I mean, health, uh, that's an idea that it immediately evokes. It also uh, evokes a lot of feelings and a lot of ideas about, um, you know, systematic things. I would say 
the um, say it in the most offensive way possible. Well, I mean, there was the there's a big medical apartheid uh, situation that is connected to HIV that they even made a film, the Dallas Buyers Club. Mm-hmm. Big big uh, big big star by the name of Matthew McConaughey Never uh, saw it. was in that. Listen, the Dallas Buyers Club is. Um, it's the type of film that um, it's just it's just phenomenal. I okay. can't say anything else about it. It's phenomenal. Okay. Yeah, and, and and that one right there, it'll hit you in the heart. It'll hit you in the in the, in the guts. It's, okay. it's it's real. Like it's part of why Matthew McConaughey is that guy. Give me a plot in under fifteen seconds. Uh, so um, there's a gentleman, a real life gentleman. It's um a historical. Fi- it's actually not historical fiction. It's autobiographical about a guy who started this thing. It was the Dallas Buyers Club, which was an alternative um, uh, HIV health club and it was they were operating outside he was bringing in drugs from mexico i'll say okay. that yeah that's the only plot spoiler that i'll tell you because you know that the fda has different type of regulations and so there were certain things that uh were proven and shown to be able to help people who had these uh viral loads and these low t-cells and things like that so this is a person who, so bringing in like anti like, I, I don't want i don't want to give away too many uh okay. spoilers but i'll tell you that this person himself is a real real live man okay who himself uh contracted the virus and then what he did was, um, you know, because the medical system was limited in what it was doing, and this was the early days when the AZT would kill you, okay? Right. So the AIDS uh, medicine that they were giving people was arguably, at this point, killing people faster than the virus. Okay. All right? And so this is part of the history of HIV and AIDS, at least in the United States and probably in these other places where they distributed these, these medicines. So this is a guy who he stepped out against that, and he decided that uh, he was going to uh, make like a... Like a what do you say about uh, the people system. that say that AIDS and HIV is a product of the government trying to kill people formerly known as black? I would say that... Or people formerly known as gay. Absolutely. Or still known as gay. I, I, would, I would say that um, some uh, governments uh, are insecure. Mm. And that their insecurities and that, uh, whatever it is that they might want to do to seize power or keep power would drive them to do all sorts of things. I mean, what are we going to... What, you know, like what? What else can I say? You know, don't say nothing else because uh, we want to keep our show. That's right. That's right. Uh, I want to say I want to uh, give a big shout out to you know people on both sides of the fence, you right? Know, because my 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 talent for compassion, or at least my goal for compassion, says that I want to be able to understand uh, both that person who suffers from the crisis of the imagination, where they feel like oppression is the thing to do, and also coming from where I come from, I, I got big big compassion for those people who are on that journey where they want to overthrow oppression. Right. You want to get out from under the thumb of it, so you know it's, it's it's part of that that story, you know that great human story, that great human spirit. Yeah, shout out to all the folks. So you know, going back to the future, this HIV thing, the end of AIDS, I feel like it's it's uh, it's great for us to talk about because it's a lot of people who, again, magic. People saw this day coming. Right. You know. Right. I mean, Kanye said Magic Ben had to cure AIDS. So. Not only that, but you have to imagine. I mean, you got to take anything Kanye says with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm done. I'm gonna step All off. Right, shout out, as, yeah. Shout out, shout out, Mr. Chinese West. bloke. So you can tell a British guy wrote this article. Right. <laughs> Chinese bloke. Oh, was it? Is that Australian? Yeah, it could have been know. New Zealand. A New Zealander. Yeah, yeah. A New Zealander. Yeah, shout yeah. to New Zealand. Into the Chinese Zealand. bloke chops off his genitals after his girlfriend mocked him. A Chinese student chopped off his genitals after his girlfriend mocked him for having a small penis. The footage shows. That the young man was wearing nothing but a t-shirt, calmly standing outside Guangdong Peijun College in southeastern China. What would ever chop you to? What would ever possess you to chop off your off your penis? Besides PCP, which uh, shout out to Vlad TV who interviewed Christ Bearer, mm-hmm. famously uh, or at least internet famously, a man who 
chopped off his genitals on PCP. Mm-hmm. I think it was just his penis. I don't think it was uh, the balls. That's the thing. I, I just want to say, outside of PCP, three words. Well, one, two words. One hyphenated. Low self-esteem. This is why self-esteem is very important. And self-confidence, for sure. Self-confidence and self-esteem are super important. Indeed. I mean, you can cut your hair, that's going to grow back. Right. Uh, there might even be certain parts of your body that are regenerate. I mean, what are we talking? Uh, you know, fingernails, true, uh, true, true. you know, whatever. But I think he needs that. Yeah. His name never coming back. Yeah. I mean, uh, what's my man's name? Uh, Bobbitt. Uh, John Wayne Bobbitt. Right. Lorraine, Lorraine got him, and they hooked him up, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he ain't, he, that's the thing, right? He ain't gonna be able to reproduce. Sure, sure. I mean, what's this, what's that to say about his future family? Like, will he ever have a family? Is 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 anything a female or male person could ever say to you that would be enough for you to just be like, mm, what's the amount of money somebody could pay you to chop off? There's no amount of money. There's no amount of money. <laughs> there's, no, there's there's no amount of anything that's like like if you had to say to me if you had to say something like. For me to sacrifice that part of my manhood, um, I hope I, I hope I get to keep my nuts. But if you say for me to sacrifice that part of my manhood, we would have to be talking about like, um, you know, abolishing the, uh, uh, the prison industrial complex and not replacing it with anything worse or something right. like that. You know, and it might be. Or we certain. can go biblical. You know, they say in the sure. Bo- yeah, the Bible yeah, let's says, go. Let's you know, go biblical. It have to be eye, something like that. If your eye, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if your eye is creating problems for you, then you better off plucking it out. Which is so. quite selfish of me, right, mm-hmm. to say that. But that's how connected I am to that. I want. I want. I came in here whole. I want to go out whole. What's the craziest thing you ever did for love? Craziest thing I ever did for love. <sighs> Self love, my friend. Mm-hmm. The craziest thing I ever did for for love was uh, walk away from everything that was familiar to me. Everything that was comfortable to me, uh, take the risk, double down on taking the risk, coming to China the first time, coming back to China the second time, so that I could uh, get more in touch with myself. I'm gonna say self love. I wouldn't. I'm selfish. I, I'm selfish. I can't, I can't think of anything like that crazy that I've ever ever done for love. I never got psycho. I never. I never got psycho over what, over what we call that kind of love. No. I just that just wasn't me. You know, I come. I'm coming from. I'm coming from all the codependent stuff with the with the drama and the crazy this and the crazy that. I like my relationships to be cool. I like them even kill. I'm, I'm not. I'm not into any of that. No R&B videos for me. Nah. None of that. Nah. Yeah. Not gonna be able to do it. Well. <laughs> I, man, when I was a kid, when uh-huh. I was I was young, I used to. And this one one young lady that lived on my block, I would do man damn darn near anything for her, man. Just like I remember giving her some of my Game Boy games. Oh, okay, okay. I remember like letting her use my bike anytime sure. she wanted to. Sure. Man, I that's, love that girl. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's that's before you uh, learn the lesson that none of that yeah, helps. None, <laughs> of that helps. none of that helps. So any none males or females out there listening, you really love somebody and they don't love you back. Just know giving them a bunch of stuff, it's not going to work. No, nah, it's, it's not, yeah. It's, it's not, not going to work. If, if the piece of yourself that you want to share with them isn't enough, nothing will be. And But when you don't give them something they want, like the bag lady of the oh, week. Oh, man. Bag. The wife who kills her husband over forgetting to buy chicken legs. A woman in China allegedly killed her husband with a cleaver over an argument about buying chicken legs. The wife, her last name was Luo, had told her husband, Wu Shouchun, to buy some chicken legs for her while he was at the, on the way home, but the man forgot. When Wu arrived home, I hate to laugh. For the God. man forgot. When Wu arrived home, an argument erupted on the evening of, on the evening of April 13th last month. Luo reported attack that she was, he was attacked 
but she attacked Wu with the blade in front of their residential building in Lujan County. All right, first of all, let's have a, a moment of silence for, you know, listen, let's, let's, let's not have a moment of silence. I'm just going to go ahead and speak. I don't know if most of our listeners know this, but, for, you know, the, the events that we call domestic violence are at the, at the helm. They're like, that's how most people who are uh, passing away in violence are passing away from domestic violence mm. worldwide. Like, this is how it is. You got husbands beating, beating wives until they're no longer breathing. You got women chopping up people and poisoning people. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's, it's, a, it's a reality. And I feel like stories like these just further reinforce why it's important to have healthy relationships. Because chances are, this thing right here, we saw this coming. Chances are, it was warning signs. This is probably something that, you know, that could have been prevented. And uh, Over chicken, though? Chicken leg, chicken that good? Is the chicken that good? Is the chicken that good? Have you ever had chicken that was so good you want to kill somebody? I haven't had chicken. I haven't probably, had probably chicken. over twenty years. Oh yeah, well you don't so. eat meat. You know, shout to all the vegetarians and vegans out there. You don't yeah. eat meat. I eat meat. All I right. eat chicken, but I ain't, ain't no chicken. Got you. That make me wanna. That if somebody forgot to buy it, they gotta leave this world over some chicken. Well, what's the craziest thing a young lady ever snapped on you about? Um, craziest thing a young lady ever snapped over. You, I mean, I've been called a rapist, mm. right? Mm. Um, and I've been exonerated. Mm. Um, I've been, uh, yeah, I, I'll probably say stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll probably say, I'll probably say things like that. How about you? Crazy, man. I had a shorty snap on me because she felt as though I gave her a yeast infection. Well, that's not good. Nah. It's not good at all. Mm -hmm. And I feel for her, mm -hmm. for her situation, because nobody wants that. It's painful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not it's not comforting. Mm -hmm. You can't have sex, mm -hmm. you know, so you know, you, you have to spend some time without, you know, emotional, physical connection. Whew. So for that, you know, I do apologize that that situation happened to her, but it's not my fault. I mean, it could have been my fault, but it could have been our fault. You know, it could have been everybody's fault. And and I, I feel like I feel like the we have to be able to be accountable. You know, nobody. Sometimes uh, we know males. And right. I didn't pull up the statistics on this, so shame on me. Maybe we'll talk about it in the next podcast. But a lot of times, males are asymptomatic for these things. But I can tell you that I have a buddy, a great buddy of mine. I won't say his name. Definitely not for this story. Definitely. Who not. confided in <laughs> confided in me that once he. Had a yeast infection that he caught from uh, his then uh, monogamous partner, right. who she was two timing on him or whatever. Oh. So he says that his uh, his sack swole up and that the skin was cracking, Ugh. like uh, how eggshells are cracking after they've been hard boiled. Ugh. And and it was he was oozing pus. I'm putting these details out there because what's the most immature reason? Let's move on. <laughs> you better snap on your significant other. Um, you know what? That's a, a, a great question. It's, it's so rare that I snap. I mean, I, maybe I need to be more emotionally healthy and snap more often or something, you know? But uh, it's so rare that I do that. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know. Well, you're not married. I'm married. Right. So sometimes you snap for no reason. Sometimes right. you snap just because you're tired of each other. It's right. been, you know, it's been fatigued. I haven't been married a long time. So, I mean, couples have been married for a long time. Shout out. Shout to, out to the newlyweds. Shout out to the newlyweds. But holler at us on, on Twitter, on Instagram. Let mm. us know what you think. What is the most silly reason you ever snapped on somebody mm. or been snapped on? I remember my one of my ex-girlfriends, she didn't like it, like dirty fingernails. Okay. And so, I mean, that's a, it's a sign of bad hygiene. So, me... 
You know, like I would, you know, scratch. I had dirty fingernails sometimes. Mm. You know, I didn't mm. always clean myself as well as I should have or could have. Mm. And so I get it. On one side, she had a reason to snap. But then on the other side, it's like, all right, you're supposed to love me, yo. Like, we can't, we can't even be connected. Like, you totally turned off because the dirt in my nails. You know what I'm saying? My nails are clean. I learned my lesson. <laughs> I learned bling. my lesson. <laughs> bling, bling. Okay, okay. Yeah, right, snapping. So, I mean, I learned my lesson. You can't. So, you never know why somebody I, must I, like I, I, I grew up watching, watching my parents fight from a real young age. Mm-hmm. I think that just turned me off from the whole situation. Probably even turned me what we would call non-confrontational. Uh, and, um, you know, as well. You? Non-confrontational? I feel like with an intimate partner, right. it was someone who was keeping my bed warm, who I'm sharing meals with and things like that. Like the All petty right. stuff, I'm just going to do my best to um, absolutely not be that way. Now, I'm very comfortable with confrontation in other ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had plenty of fights that have come to me that uh, I was fortunate enough to learn young, you know, how to finish those fights. Uh, we're still in the middle of some of those fights, you know, and um, I'm, I'm, I feel like confrontation is, is, is like this. The art of confrontation. Everybody has their brush. Mm. Everybody has their favorite strokes. Right. Everybody has their favorite canvas, you know, but um, that doesn't mean that we should shy away from it. I feel like we got to lean into it. You know, sometimes it's bold colors. I'm a, you know, when it comes to confrontation, I would say that I just don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah. I don't like it, and even since since I was a child, mm. um, whether it's conf- someone confronting me or me having to confront them, like, yeah, yeah. I never been, I never been good at the art of confrontation. I think I've gotten better because I've gotten better at helping people deal with problems. Uh-huh. Shouts to all the counselors out there. Uh-huh. You're a counselor, so helping people dealing with problems and in turn learning how to deal with my own problems. So I've definitely improved my ability to confront. Right. Because I'm always about the sandwich method. All right. You know, you have to say something positive. Right. positive. And you stick you stick what you really Let's want to go, stay baby. in the middle. And then you finish with something positive. Soft so, skills. Soft skills. Soft skills I'm definitely important. good with my my soft kung fu, That's you right. know, Kinda exactly. Internals. Shout to my shoe food. Well, let's roll let's roll that let's roll that over into uh into the situation. What happened at the kung fu school? Oh man. At the kung fu school. Yes, sir. A girl was beaten to death days after she was sent to kung fu school. That's not good. No. A seven-year-old girl <laughs> has died less than two days after she was sent to Kung Fu school. Wait, how old was she? Seven years old. That's definitely not good. The girl's parents claim she was beaten to death by bullies at the famous Shaoshan Shaolin Temple Martial Arts School, where they had sent her to lose some weight. So the young lady was, was overweight, especially for her age. All right. Um, you can look the article up if you want to see a picture. She's, she's definitely overweight, probably gotcha. obese for gotcha. her age. Gotcha. Clinically obese. Gotcha. And she was being bullied at home. All right. In her home situation, and so in order for the parents to help her build some di- self-discipline, mm. also help her lose some weight, they sent her to kung fu school. Mm. Kung fu school, she didn't. She was a loner. Mm. She didn't meet anybody. She didn't have any friends. And the the article is just horrible. If you see see some video footage of like, well, anyway, she was beaten to death. Sounds bad all around. Beaten to death. What's your idea? What What's your thoughts on bullying? Well. Listen, um, bullying is bad. Period. That's my first thought. Bullying is bad. I feel there's there's this there's this uh, lack of conversation about how we can love ourselves and how you know people are always holding up a mirror. Mm. So um, when it comes to bullying, these are people who usually are unhappy about something else that's going on in their life. Right. Um, they're usually angry, putting their discontent upon whoever it is that they're bullying right 
And again, these are people who we could be having conversations with them about what that's like. I'm sure that it doesn't just pop up out of nowhere. Um, and not everybody has those skills. That's a different type of soft skills. You know? I was I was bullied a lot as a child. Mm. It for you know being overweight. Mm. One thing definitely was overweight and obese for a lot of my life. Right, runs in my family. Right. Um, also was bullied because I have allergies, intense allergies, okay. and my nose would run they religiously. They, they <laughs> so you, uh, they had a they had a song for me. I don't know what you've been told. Adrian has a snotty nose. They used to sing it to me at the bus stop. I, gotcha. I still remember it. Gotcha. And these were some of my best friends. You know, these were my neighborhood kids. Of course. And so when frenemies. I, when I, frenemies, exactly. With friends like these, you don't need enemies. Right. Bar of the day. Hey. <laughs> Bar of the day. Hey. Uh, so. I know it. I, I definitely know what that's like uh, going to middle school, changing schools a lot because moving around a lot as a child. Right. So always being on the outside looking in to certain friendships. Sure. Being a popular kid, but not necessarily because like for reasons that people are popular, but just being talented. Got gotcha. you. You know, being you having charisma, having charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. All right. As a uh, RuPaul would say. I like that. So it's it's. Well, let me let me. It's let a touchy me, subject. Let me let me let me let me share this. I. I was bullied at points in time. Um, it's just that, like I said, I grew up in that household where people were fighting. Mm. So for me, you know, I had an older brother. My elder brother was born in, uh, in uh, 77. So even though he never studied under Bruce Lee, he studied under Bruce Lee. Right. You know, we, we, we were in Flint. Um, and it was real. You can't just let somebody, you know, walk on you. So I had to check myself because by the time I got to middle school, I had to make sure that I wasn't um, taking too much pleasure in bullying bullies because I was always that type of person to where, you know, I was I was ready to go. I was ready to go. And, you know, ready to uh, fight for other people. And sometimes that gets me in trouble. Like we were talking earlier off camera about something we're not gonna mention, I'm in trouble for that now. You know, I'm standing up with somebody else and then got somebody else coming at me, right? So, yeah, it happens. I think every, every, every fight I was ever in was not my fight. It was because I was defending somebody else. But that is your fight because this yeah, is how it for goes. Sure. This is how it goes. If somebody comes up to you, you standing in line, right. and the kid next to you or the kid, two uh, kids down from you, they want to take that person's lunch money, they want right. to bully them, then what they're doing is they're attempting to sow an, uh, uh, an environment of intimidation. Right. And so, you know, they want to send you a message that you're next. Now, right. So, so one day it's there and the money. And the so if, so if I'm in line and you come and you go to jack that kid up who's two people from me, I, I'm, I'm the type where I got something to say about it because I already know you think you're coming for me next. Right. And I'm my, like that. I'm, I'm, I'm like that, like, right away. Martin Luther King said the coldest, the, I mean, the, the hottest place in hell is reserved for people who see, <laughs> who watch injustice happen and do nothing. Take them to church. Let's move so on. So there's man. nothing else. So if you see bullying happen, don't let it happen. You know, community, stop bullying. Parents, stop bullying. Parents communicating with each other. Don't be complicit. Don't be complicit. What else we got? What's happening right here? What kind of, what kind of bag is this? This is a bag. This is a business. <laughs> Is this, a, is this a bag of gold or is this a bag of that ish? Is we gonna buy or we gonna sell? What's happening right now? It's kind of a, it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, an end game, the Avengers end game. We're talking about bullying. We're talking about fighting back, right? Let's fight back. Avengers end game. There was a, there was a fan hospitalized after crying so hard in the theater. A woman in Eastern China ended up in an emergency room after crying uncontrollably over the Avengers Endgame. The fan, a 21-year-old 20, college student, bawled so much at the cinema that she started to hyperventilate. 
The woman struggled to breathe and suffered from chest pain. She also had muscle spasms, which caused her fingers to stiffen like chicken claws. <laughs> I mean, the reason why it's horrible. Our production crying. assistant has feelings about this one. Shouts to our production assistant, Zamira, That's right. helping us out, making it, taking us right. to the next level. Z to the A to the, you know. My, the question that came to me first was this, this question I didn't send, we didn't initially talk about. We'll get you your beef with the MCU in a second. What, what, is, what is it, Black? What's the hardest thing you ever cried about? They say men not supposed to cry. And are you a believer in that? Not I, at all. I totally go the opposite way. Yeah, not at all. I, I cry in movies. Yeah. I cry. I'm a very emotional person. I cry, especially in confrontation. All right. And a lot of people see that as a sign of weakness. All right. Um, but anybody who ever studied martial arts knows that sensitivity is a great thing. That's right. It's a great thing. That's have, right. You to be, be able to pick up on other emotions, be able to pick up on the situations. So I'm. I we want to knock that down right now. That real men do cry. Yeah. And that crying is okay. Yeah. And like Life Jenner said, it's like taking your soul to the laundromat. Another bar of the day. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> so somewhere, somewhere between um, when I was maybe five and seven years old, my uh, elder brother's father passed away. Mm-hmm. And I can remember uh, being with my mother, uh, going to uh, this man's uh, home, go- home going. And as we're going down the aisle, I don't know if I just, uh, as, a, as a young empath, like picked up everybody else's stuff. But I feel like uh, my recollection of that event has always been that I felt so bad for my brother. Mm. I mean, like, even now, like, I can still feel it, right? right. So it was always one of those situations where um, when I look back at that, and uh, the man's name was Roy Main, so you know, give a shout out to Sarah Main, Raymond Main, Ravel Main, you know, um, his all of his offspring. Um, it was like I was like, oh Ryan, Ryan Main, I was like, really, really throwing it down because my, I knew that you know fathers were a resource, and my brother just lost his father. Right. I, I, I was probably crying the hardest. I was probably crying harder than anybody there. Same situation happened to me. I was in undergrad. It was my freshman year. And my uh, youth like uh, leader at the time, he was also the, one of the RAs in my building. Mm. His mom died. He was like maybe 20, 21. Mm. And, uh, and I, I remember I cried harder than he did. Mm. I mean, I'm sure he did his own amount of crying. You know, Shout out to uh, Benjamin Brickhouse. Mm. He's a great, great rapper, um, great leader. Shouts to him and his family. He has a little, he has a child now and growing right. up. But right. I remember balling harder than he did. And so something to be said about being empathetic mm-hmm. and, and, and understanding another person's pain. Sure. And allowing yourself to feel that and be in that moment. What? But the, the whole reason to bring it up is we're talking about Avengers Endgame. And you have a serious beef with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not the only one who has this beef. You're not. You're not. Um, what should be so listen in the most offensive way possible in the most offensive way possible taking these superhero stories and just you know pimping them out into cheap summer blockbusters so that you know i mean these stories they were made to uplift people to give people hope to keep people healthy but that's what they do for me well i'll say this um i know the source material i was raised on the source material meaning the comic books absolutely this whole thing with the uh, infinity war was not it's not an Avengers spoilers story. Alert. Spoilers it's, it's, alert. The Infinity War people is not an Avengers story. It's okay, not. this is supposed to be the X Men. This is supposed to be the Fantastic Four. This is supposed to be the Avengers. This is supposed to be 
any and everybody who's out there against Thanos, not just right. the Avengers, you know? Right. And so it really just cheapens the story that they just made it the Avengers versus Thanos. I mean, it, like, when I say it cheapens the story, just, um, you know, that's like... you just. I mean, Thanos is supposed to be, like, the most bad... It's shown off. Right. Who's the baddest? Right. <laughs> if you can't, if you can't draw everybody in the, in the, if 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 you can't draw everybody in the cinematic universe, then you're not that bad. Right. You know, if you if you're not going up against the X Men and everybody else all at the same time, then you're not really that deal. And you know, it just is what it is. Thanos is not really that deal. And those of us who According were there, to this story. those of us who were there from the beginning, we know this. We know that this story is is cheap. It's 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 like. It's just it's bad. So if you want the real story, go back and read the comic books. Yeah, read the comics. Yeah, get 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 into get into that uh, that MCU Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet, the real deal, the real history. Um, it is what it is. So do you feel like they could have waited until they had the rights to X Men and had the rights to Fantastic Four by buying buying that from Fox and everything before they made the story? Well, it just you says something. It, it says some, it says something about that uh, the cannibalism that the, that system goes into, where you would rather eat these stories that if you just chilled and you waited, then you could lay something later. That would be like, you know what they would have done? Mm-hmm. They would have taken the Lord of the Rings and all of that, and it would have been like Michael Jackson's thriller for film, mm-hmm. if they did the real thing. Right. Yeah, but you know what can you do? I'm sure. That, I'm sure that the Avengers franchise is still a multi-billion dollar franchise. Facts. Whatever. Would you say they blew the bag? Absolutely, that bag is blown. They'll never get it back. Speaking of blowing the bag, trying for a baby after 35. The glowing trend is for couples to wait until they're financially secure before they start a family. <laughs> this often means they delay trying. Why are we for talking a baby about this, Black? Until they Why are we talking about this, Black? Why are we talking about it? Is it is, is why are we talking about this, Black? Because I so happen to be married. Uh-huh. I don't have any children. Uh-huh. I, I am turning 32 years old really soon. Oh, okay. I don't know when you'll see this. By the time you see this, I'll probably be 32. Okay. Okay. Uh, and and what else, Black? What else? And my wife is, is is she doesn't look like it, but she's actually older than me. Oh. So we're in a situation where maybe one day we definitely want to have children of our own. Mm-hmm. But okay. we're not we don't want to do it right now. Oh. Because we have other goals, you know. The Word. pod gotta grow. Word. You know, the album has to grow. Okay. Well let's so, get well, let's get down to it. Can you do both? Can, can you? you have a child and grow the pot at the same time? You have a you have an argument on one side. I do. I do. I, I do. I kind of. I, do. I don't know how I feel. I do. I mean, so so what you want to do? Let's uh, rock scissors paper for this one. Right, we'll go, go first. first. Okay, so one two three shoot. One two three shoot. Oh shit. One two three shoot. Oh my One bad. two three shoot. All right. Go All ahead. right. I go ahead. So I feel like you got to be financially secure in order to bring babies into this world. All right. The reason I feel that way is because we. I come from United States of America, the U.S. Hey yo. And in the U.S., right. um, people who get government support, they get a bad rep. And I've been one of those people before All who right. have received government support. All right. Why have I been that person? Because I grew up in a family that was not nuclear. Okay. I had just a mother. Okay. I had plenty of supportive other family members. Yeah. Who, yeah. Let's who go. Were, who were part of my support network. Right. I was fine. Yeah. I'm doing great. Great. No shouts to that. But there are other people who have children who aren't prepared financially to, to raise those children, and then the government has to play a role in financially raising those children. All right. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. Okay. I think that's probably a bad thing, right? So if more people were financially secure before they had children, mm. then maybe then we wouldn't need you know the government to play the role as a financial per- parental figure. 
You know, uh, go. the name of this podcast is Pass the Bad Podcast. Pass the Bag. Just in case any of these people missed that, you can go check out the last three episodes where we talk about how, you know, you got to share that bag. And sharing the bag is a financial philosophy that comes from having experience whereby which you grow up and you see people who are independently wealthy, they have long money. You know what they know how to do? Right. They know how to do something that up until recently was kept secret, mm-hmm. which is share the bag. Mm-hmm. If you look at LeBron, you look at Maverick, you look right. at all of his homies, what do they do? Share the they bag. share the bag. And, you know, there are places where people grow up 20 minutes down the road from other people and they teach their children to share with their friends and then they take advantage of the other kids 20 minutes down the road who they don't have uh, financial resources to learn how to manage and so the kids 20 minutes down the road who wealth is not normal for them they think that hoarding is the thing to do mm. right you know they want to covet wealth instead of share the wealth okay here's 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 what i gotta say that that whole thing is wonderful man i think that value the way that value is taught it's, a, it's, it's like a crisis of imagination. We should be able to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were saying, uh, yo, like one person can work full time. The average person has access to at least one grandparent that's not going to totally ruin the child. So you can have one parent that's there. Most of the time, if they want to get a part-time job, they can get a part-time job. Mm-hmm. But for most people who really know how to eat together, sleep together, be together, you know, two heads are better than one, that is a thing that you can do. You can have a child and actually still make financial strides but to make financial strides you have to struggle for financial literacy and like growing anything it's like growing muscles just like growing a uh, portfolio as an artist that's something that you got to work at you got to set goals you got to set timelines shout out shout at us on twitter shout at us on instagram let us know how you feel let us know how you feel let us know what you think about this subject about whether or not you should be financially stable stable before you have a child right or if you should just do it can you do them both at the just same do time it and, and try you, to grow the pot while having a child can you grow a healthy family and a healthy financial portfolio at the same time i, I say i say you got no excuse not to do both maybe that's how i feel if, and, and if there's somebody that's that's done it please please holler at us and holler at us where where are we on twitter, twitter? we are miva wh- where are we Instagram? We are Miva. Oh, okay. that's that's my sound of music uh, uh, flavor right there. <laughs> There's an untreatable gonorrhea on the rise. Untreatable what? Gonorrhea. That sounds bad. That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the sexually transmitted disease gonorrhea is becoming resistant to the only two antibody antibiotics left to treat it, and it's spreading. Spreading. Do so. That brings me to a very sensitive question. Break out the cracker. Break out the bread. Do, it's spreading. Do you always wear a condom when you have sex? The answer to the question is no, I do not. Okay, and why is that, sir? Uh, there's a, this is my confrontation. No, I appreciate I appreciate I'm that. I'm confronting you right there's, now. There's, there's a number of reasons. I've had allergic reactions. Mm. Um, I've had um, situations where I just am, what do you call it, um, practicing safe sex in different ways. Mm. Um, the pull-out method? But not only shout out to Dr. Lindsay Doe on YouTube, okay, sex explanations where Dr. Doe great has done YouTube a, channel. Word, Dr. Doe has done. Send a, us a bag. Yeah, we send we you love, a bag. We, we love you, Dr. Doe. Facts. Um, Spe- man, sex explanation. I, I can't. I can't wait till we get her as a guest on the podcast. That's gonna be awesome. Now, uh, what she talks about how to pull out method uh, gets has a notoriously bad rap, and she goes into the statistics. It's eighty percent. The pull out method is almost as good as as uh, as condoms. Eighty percent effective. Almost as good as condoms. I think what it, maybe what it, there's like a. 10 to 15 percent difference but 80 percent is pretty high yeah because uh condoms are better for preventing pregnancy than they are for preventing sexually transmitted infections aha 
Right. I didn't know that. All right. Well, this is one of those things. You can look it up. You don't, have to, take Bobby, you don't have to take Bobby password for it. You can go ahead and hit the Google. Yeah. Uh, so th- those have been my reasons. How about you? What's your, what's your experience with it? Uh, how? I normally. Okay. It depends. So with with girlfriends, I eventually we stopped wearing condoms for okay. the most part. We just started practicing the pullout method and we also have birth control. All right. Uh, there have been points in my life where I wanted to watch the young ladies that I was involved with take the birth control. Okay. Because uh, trust wasn't high on my factor. Gotcha. Uh, it's like it's like DJ hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> it, no, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Um, but if you don't trust somebody, you, you watch them take it. That's different. That's right. You watch them swallow. Do not sleep with people who you do not trust. Facts. That much. Facts. Let's go. Facts. And so, with that said. I didn't always wear condoms. Okay. I, I think it's not a smart idea. Okay. Anybody, the first time I had sex with them, I definitely wear condoms. Right. And probably the first through the first through the fifth time I've had sex with them. I've never actually had an STD before. Okay. So I've been very lucky. I've had multiple partners and sometimes at the same time. And, huh. and huh. never. Huh. 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 How comfortable do you have to feel with someone before you sleep with them without a condom? How about this? How about... What's up with all these antibiotics, fam? I mean, I'm cool with the other question. We can no, get into no, no, that, no. too. What's up but with you know, part of the reason why this super gonorrhea has turned into super gonorrhea is because uh, there's a lot of negligible uh, practices that are going on out here. People get uh, um, antibiotics for things that they don't need antibiotics for. Um, and yeah, I mean, people's resistance is, 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 is directly, it's, it's, it's almost like you got gonorrhea on one hand, but you also have these medical practices on the other hand. And these medical practices have absolutely contributed to uh, the situation where the gonorrhea turns into the Incredible Hulk gonorrhea. Mm. Now, to get to your, to get to your question, right. um, how comfortable do you have to be? Man, I think that uh, for, for what I've learned, like, I always look at making love like I want for my ancestors mm. and their ancestors to be in the room, like, sitting at one of them long tables, <laughs> like, like, like Jesus and the disciples, like, <laughs> chopping it up and passing the wine and clapping for us and cheering us on and for the most part I do myself uh, do my best to go for situations where when I'm bonding uh, intimately with someone also known as getting it on also known as getting sexy uh, that I wanted to be that now you know I'm also a human being so I've had experiences that have come back to bite me in the ass where that didn't happen as well right right so I just do my best to um, you know go ahead and, and, and move on from it you know you got to live and you learn you do Somebody that didn't learn enough. Oh my God, Keith Rainier. You want to talk about him, <sighs> Mr. Rainier, Mr. Rainier. So, sex slave guru. This is the article talking about me. Goes on trial in New York. He's on trial. Okay. So he hasn't been found guilty. Right. So we're not gonna find him guilty right now. Right. But we're gonna talk about what was said. The trial of American self-help guru who ran a secretive society. A women's sex slave branded with his initials begins on Tuesday. This is May 7th, so this happened. This happened already. All whereas right. former female supporters may be called to testify against him. Right. Question we came up with, where's the fork in the road between innocence and guilt in this situation? Wow. The fork in the road between innocence and guilt in a situation like this. Man, um, who knows, right? There's so many details. Imagine, imagine what it's like to be somebody who 
you know, you're a total dork, you're a nerd, you don't have experience, mm. and what are you doing? You're playing some game with your group so that mm. you can get laid. Mm. But I think that um, what, what we were talking about off camera that sharing with the viewers is important is, imagine what it's like for you to go into a situation where you're now branding people, you know, as this guy was doing. They were branding these women with like actually burning stuff into them. You know? Burning his initials. Like, you belong to this person now. Uh, and I guess there were multiple people who were feeling coerced and, and all the rest of these things. Uh, I do feel like like any type of assault, um, there are different tiers. Mm. This tier is pretty bad because people were essentially being, um, what do you call it, like held a certain type of hostage. Mm. Um, there was no way for them to be able to. Allegedly. Allegedly. We don't know. Allegedly. That. There we go. Uh, due process is important also, so I'm not going to uh, bash this individual, but I know that from what we've heard about the Nexium situation, once you get into a... Si now, I also feel like this. Part of the fork in the road is if you have people there who are cheering you on or whatever, um, man, like, what's that about, too? How liable are they? How liable are the people that helped? Man, it's you know what it's like? It's like I drive and you shoot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm driving and you shoot. So... you the driver is as much liable as the shooter man and in a situation like this nexium thing what they've said that it is the driver is definitely i mean it's the same situation like with the r kelly thing right yeah that's another thing it's like all it's like the man can't read so but so you know he gonna need some help so you know he had a lot of help booking plane stop tickets it. stop it so i mean how liable again we go back to if you see an injustice happen and you stand on the sideline watching, that's right, that's right. It's like, how responsible are you for that? That's right. And 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 you know, again, like all transgressions are not created equal. No. We talked about it uh, last time, where you know, if and when individuals transgress, I feel like, um, yeah, man, like people need to have a space. You know, in Rwanda, and uh, after the, they had the genocide between mm -hmm. the Tutsis and the Hutus. Um, they set up uh, like an amnesty situation for a lot of the people who were left, mm. you know, for people to be able to have those voices to tell those stories, you know. And these are people who uh, were taking the lives of other individuals. Well, you know, what, what are you going to do? The situation was so widespread. You, you're not going to lock up everybody. Right. You know, you need some of these people to be able to grow out of their transgressions and, you know, to grow into carpenters or to grow into loving brothers or husbands or whatever, whatever it is that they can grow into. So, so let us know what you think. Yeah. Shout at us. Um, at this this case will continue to develop, and we'll hopefully come back around to it. But let us know what you think. Where's the fork in the road between innocence and guilt, and who 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 is all responsible, and in what way do we hold people responsible? Absolutely. So shout at us on Twitter. We are me, but shout at us on Instagram. Let's go, baby. Let's talk about it. What we got next, hey Black? We talking about we was talking about blowing the bag. Let's talk about blowing the bag. And Justin Trudeau, man, the Canadian Prime Minister. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. He says he loves to eat Chinese food. Sushi. That's what he says? That's what he said. Apparently at the 2019 Press Gallery dinner, this week, well, the past weekend, <laughs> Canadian, Canadian Prime Minister joked, I was hoping for sushi. I love Chinese food. In reference to his two gaffes the week before, when he twice referred to Japan as China, in front of the Shinzo Abe. I don't know how to say that. Mm, I don't know how to say that. Read, reading is not my best. Game. I think it's a Shinzo Abe. I yeah, think Shinzo it's Abe. Abe is yeah. what, I, what we gonna go with. So he's been in the news a lot lately. Yeah, and he has some parallels with, you know, <laughs> with Detroit. 
We, so we, how does how do how do Justin Trudeau and Canada? I mean, their neighbors number one. You know, shouts to the Toronto Detroit connection. Let me put my uh, my Detroit hat on here for a yes, second. Please for put your Detroit those of you who um, have forgotten or just um, you know the whole situation with a gentleman by the name of Kwame Kilpatrick who is now serving. Mm. Well, he got sentenced to 28 years fair time. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that he's got somewhere in the neighborhood of 22 years left or something like that. It's mm-hmm. been a little bit. And uh, that whole situation was public. And the only thing that Kwame Kilpatrick really had to do in the beginning was go ahead and, you know, admit that he was wrong. He could have stepped down, took some time off. He could have came back and ran again. Mm-hmm. And he would have been a people's champ. Mm-hmm. A brother like Trudeau right now, when you got the people breathing down your back for exactly the same thing that Kwame Kilpatrick did, only you have a lot more power. Right. You're not just the mayor of a border city, an international city. You are the prime minister. So tell me what he did. Tell me what's going down. Well, like, you know, it's like if, uh, let's say Zamira's got some power and, uh, you know, Zamira is uh, running a whole media company, right. you know. And uh, since she runs a whole media company, she's got juice and she comes to uh, A Black and Bobby Pats and she says, you know, there are these uh, people who they are selling this product that even though you really don't support this product, I uh, want you to uh, think it's a pretty good idea. Also known as, yeah, you're going to advertise this stuff. Right. That is saying that Trudeau abused his power and made sure that uh, people who had these contracts that uh, people were bidding on. Allegedly. Saying he allegedly leaned on some people to make sure that some people that he was in bed with or something like that uh, got some contracts that maybe they wouldn't have gotten. Allegedly. Allegedly. This kind of thing is uh, is wow. You're talking about abuse of power and a person who's a prime minister who comes to you and tells you that they think that it's a good idea, wink, wink, <laughs> for you to give these contracts to people who they may or may not be friends with or may or may not have ties to. Um, but it's but people love Trudeau. I feel like again, if he would have just stepped down, if he would, if he would have, if he would have said, you know what, like I'm 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 young, I'm new at this, I made a mistake or something like that, you know, I just people don't see the long game. You can step down. You could take a break. You could take a breather. You could, and then you can come back. Oh, I mean, I... or you can go to jail right. because you because you didn't give it up and you wanted to fight for it, and because you got smug or something like that. Mm. You know, um, I just don't know. I just don't know what to say other than that. But I will say this: um, we do here at PTB Podcast. Mm-hmm. We know the difference between China and Japan. Right. So big shout out to the Japanese. Big shout out to the Chinese PRC. Big, big, big shout out to the Chinese. We see you. Shenzhen, you know that's where we're coming from. Uh, and so there's an argument that sushi is actually Chinese food. Who arguing this? The Chinese. Chinese get real up in arms. It's like actually an ancient, ancient, ancient Chinese dish that was carried over. But some people also argue that Japan is also still China. So it depends I- on what, what side of the fence you're on. I'm not going to debate either because I don't belong to either of those, either of those countries, and that's their debate to have on their own. They both have a right to their opinions. I'm not going to stop them from that, having their right to their opinions. Mm. But a lot of people think that sushi is actually Chinese food. Well, I, I can I can appreciate their um, uh, gumption, if mm. that's the word that we're going to use to get mad old school. Right. I can appreciate that uh, that t- uh, what in tarnation. What in tarnation? Whatever they want to say. What Let's go. What tarnation? What, what else we got out here? Our last, our last topic of the day. Send the bag. Come up opportunities. What's the 
there was an article that I, I read, I was reading. Okay. Sometimes I read. All right. It says the top six healthy foods that he Hollywood celebrities eat to stay slim. So this word slim, it's a, it's a hot button issue. We talked about losing weight versus uh, losing fat mm -hmm. and how our language is important. How about for the fact that we just talked about that Nexium thing and they just called those victims, alleged victims, sex slaves. Right. We got news flash for you people. If you're being serially raped or raped on a repeated basis, that does not make you a sex slave. Mm. That's the difference. Right. Sex is consensual. So right. you cannot be a sex slave. Okay. Let's go. But if you're being raped, it's not consensual, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, you can't be. So you can't. Agree on that. So boom, the language. Let's get into it. This is in the language. Let's go. What's the difference between being slim? What's the difference between being healthy and being slim? You know, I feel like for you and I, we know this, but a lot of people don't know. And that's part of what is in Bobby's bag as far as the situation is concerned. All right. Well, why why is it that slimness and health are always so equated? What is this? I don't know, because people I, people believe if you look if you look slim that you're healthy. Is that true? You know, um, can you be that, slim and that, have fatty liver? That kind of truth is arbitrary. I got I got fatty liver. and I don't drink. I'm G6PD deficient. That's why I have a fatty liver. Right. Ladies and gentlemen. Right. I mean, I think that um, it's cool. I'm curious to know what these six foods are, but more curious than that, I'm curious to, you know, talk about what what is this thing? And when are we going to break this down? When are we officially going to dismantle this thing like we got so many other things that are being dismantled out here? There's correlation between slimness and health. You want to know my beef? Break it down. I got a beef. Let's talk about my it. My beef is with BMI, body mass index, okay. right? Speak According on to it. the BMI, speak on it. I'm overweight. You too? Me. You? I'm overweight. I don't feel like I'm overweight. It's probably the size of your head. Facts. Yeah. It's definitely the size of my head. My brain is too big. Let's go. But it's the same language as like being slim is synonymous with being healthy. And I don't I don't like it because I feel like I'm healthy. I'm definitely not slim. You're looking pretty healthy these days. But I look pretty healthy. You're living a pretty healthy lifestyle I've these days. I lost eight kilos, which is basically like almost eight 16, kilos, 16 to 20 pounds in the past five months this guy right here wanted to share some kilos how many of them did he lose i lost eight cartels you should call him up <laughs> get him started nah i don't know parts of that i don't know parts of that bag get him started <laughs> but why, why do they have to be synonyms being slim where do you think it came from this idea i got no slim, idea i mean being it, healthy this is what and it, there's nothing wrong with being slim if you're slim and you're healthy that's great that's right shouts to you that's right you know what i'm saying that's right Especially if it's genetic, you just wake up every day, you eat whatever you want, you still slim. Oh, yeah. Doesn't mean you're healthy. Though. That's right. That's right. I think um, I think that the whole slim thing um, comes from two things. Hmm. I think number one, it comes from a fashion industry, okay. where when they model clothes, they got this idea they want for people to be able to see the clothes. Hmm. They don't want somebody to be distracted by curves and things like that. They don't want a voluptuous woman's hips and bust selling the clothes. Uh, they want for people to actually be able to see the garments. And you know, having listened to some models and listened to some other people, having a little experience and keeping my ears open, this is what I've heard about right. why a lot of times people are modeling clothes and they want this shape that's uh, the waif shape. That's right. one thing. I think that another thing has to do with, um, what are they called, uh, cultural norms of beauty. You know, mm. Where when you look at the dominant dominant culture so I'll say it in the most offensive way possible. most the most the most offensive uh, way possible uh, the European powers hmm. by the time that they came up you have to think that the average person who wasn't a fat cat right, right? you're talking about the badlands you're talking about the edge of the Silk Road right. so if these people who their standard of beauty it becomes the standard of beauty right. and if all of their women uh, are not plump 
right? Because, not you know what I'm saying? Right, not yeah, not, right. Then when this standard of beauty becomes the standard of beauty, what you think is gonna happen? Yeah, I think that's part of it. What you think about that? It. I feel like you have to, in some ways, you build the other. You have to make the other ugly to, you know, in some ways, make your make yourself more beautiful. Talk it. And, Talk and it. So when it comes, I think of the the United States of American complex. Right. It's like where we had to make people see people formerly known as black, right, look like savages, right, and like everything of everything that they embody be savagery, right, especially right. their look. Sure. You know, even though that's changed a bunch now. Speak on it. Where now, like the standard of beauty is is voluptuousness, mm. is curves, is full lips, mm. is tan, being tan. I mean, it depends on where you are because here in China, which another topic we'll get into next week, which right. I have a great, great discussion for next week, is about how that's very different here. Yes, sir. The six foods you brought it up, and I have some beef with these is avocado, no beefs there, salmon. No beef there. Edamame beans. No beef there. Almonds. All right. Some beef there. Chocolate and coconut water were the, were, the, were the six foods. Do you eat these foods? No fish in my life no for fish. the last, I don't know, probably 15 years or something like that. So, okay. um, nope. Not eating any salmon. I'm probably more closer to 10 years. Uh, edamame beans. Mm, nope. Because I'm G6PD deficient. Uh, so no avocado, legumes, no beans for you. I'm eating avocado probably three times a week, four times, three point five times a week on average. Love avocado. Get those healthy fats. Chocolate, rarely, because um, I can only have dark chocolate, and um, Gotta you know, eat dark I just don't really have that kind of uh, you know knack for the sweet tooth. Almonds. Don't eat the chocolate. Got to get the dark. Eighty five percent at least. Got to be seventy five percent dark or at least. If you really, if you're really trying to be healthy, the milk chocolate's no good for you. They got a bird that flies. You know. To over my shoulder every time that I go to the grocery store to get some chocolate, and the bird goes, Cacao, cacao, cacao. You know, coconut water, I, I, I don't have enough coconut water. It's uh, fantastic stuff, but I just don't have enough. I'm and all about, see, here's what, my what, disagreement. What about, you? what you got going on? Coconut cream. It's all about coconut cream because it cream. has the healthy fats, it's it has deal. those MCTs. Coconut water is just, it's, it's basically sugar water. Man. You know, you know what I, you know what I love to do with coconut uh, water is great. With the coconut, uh, with the coconut cream. You gotta get the coconut. Cream. I, I I love uh, red curry with coconut milk. Yeah. You know, green curry with coconut milk. Um, nah, not the milk. The cream. The cream. The cream. The uh, milk got the extra carbs in it. The coconut water definitely got the extra carbs in it. There's also some, sh- I'm a keto some boy. shady sourcing. I'm going a keto on boy. Too, coconut cream. That's what you want. Okay. Yeah, coconut cream is delicious. I think uh, I, I have a memory of um, snacking on some coconut cream in the last uh, two months. I can't remember. Well, I do remember where it came from. And almonds, almonds are great, but they're not the healthiest nut that you can eat. Yeah. You know, I'm a macadamia boy. Get you some macadamians. All right. Also, walnuts. Right. They look like brains because they're good for your brain. Hey, oh, brain so food. Get you some brain fruit. Brain food. Some get some brains. Fruits. Get some brains. Get some brains. Get some brains. Yeah. So you can get some brains by finding us on YouTube at We Are Meva. You can get some brains by finding us on Twitter at We Are Meva. On Facebook at We Are Meva. And Instagram at We. Are Miva. And if you want to keep us alive, keep us afloat, keep us going so we can invest more time, more energy, more research in everything we're doing, find us on Patreon. Join one of our clubs. It doesn't cost a lot. And we're on Patreon. And we are Miva. 
whole live. One more second. One, one second. One second. A black. Pause for the cause. Pause for the cause. You know, everybody makes mistakes. I just want to give a shout out to uh, you for our last podcast where you had mentioned something about your lovely wife mm. not being what we would call a person who was formerly known as black. Right. And I missed the opportunity for us to be able to expound on that conversation. Okay. And I know that a lot of our listeners would have appreciated us to expand on that dynamic. Okay. Not necessarily that we have to do it now. We can go with the flow. But whatever the case, I wanted to apologize to our listeners. Also, wanted to apologize to you. So when you say expand, what do you want? What, what do you mean? Well, I feel like because um, we got like a minute. Yeah, it's okay. I feel like when we when we um, talk about expound, we just mean that it's a talking point that's relevant for a lot of people's lives, mm-hmm. especially for that part of our audience that is in the states. Because it's all types of people who they might be in a situation where they had their feelings of saying one thing. But the risks that they take in society or whatever are telling them another thing. Right. And they might uh, be able to learn something from, you know, the, the bravery of uh, one A black and right. one Bay of black. Well, if if you feel a, a tinge in your heart and you feel you want to connect with somebody, I'm a supporter of doing that no matter what they look Let's like. Let's go. Whether they're a man or a woman and Let's you're go. a man. If you, you're a man and you want to love another man, you want to give that a try. Try it. Let's go. If you are a woman and you want to love another woman, try it. Let's go. If you are a person formerly known as black and you want to date a person formerly known as yellow, right. hate that. I know, right? Hate that word. I can't wait. So I can't wait till we breaking that down. Person formerly known as yellow or person formerly known as white. We're gonna break that. We we dismantling that piece Do by that. piece. Do that because it's not about interrelational relationships. It's interhuman relationships. Let's go. We're all human at the end of the day. We all bleed red. Mm. And our, all of our blood is blue until it hit the air. That's a bag for passing. That, and so that bag was made for passing. Love has no love has love has no color. Let's love, go. love has age limits. <laughs> we have discussed. It love definitely. definitely has age limits. Yeah, yeah. You know. However, if you're 20 and you want to date somebody that's 40, do what do what you do. Let's go. Love yourself. Be yourself. Pass the bag. Pass it. Because it's not important. Just to get the bag. You gotta keep that bag. You gotta keep the bag. And if you wanna secure the bag, you gotta, gotta to share, share the bag. bag. Gotta share it, baby. And by sharing the bag, August 23rd, whole live, Colin Fields. Check them out on Instagram. Check them out on iTunes. Check them out on everything where you can find music. Maybe we'll Girls upload the footage of this fine event that's happening with you, you folks out there. Probably won't catch this because this will go out before the podcast. But right. you know, we'll let you see how we get down with it. Something like that.